Hello, and welcome to the Roving Social Worker Podcast. I am Jay, your roving social worker. Today I'm doing my podcast from Columbus, Ohio. A colleague had asked if I was going to do one or more while traveling on vacation. And since I'm a few weeks behind in podcasts, I figure why not do one in each city that I'm visiting. I started a multi-part series on identity and even published one about race and privilege. After 24 hours of thought, I pulled it mostly because I felt like I hadn't clarified my thoughts. I felt like the original podcast came across as woe for the white femme losing her privilege, so I shelved it for now. I talked to my partner about it, and he thought the concept was good, but overall I needed to still work on my delivery. So that's where I'm at there, working on delivery. Today, however, I want to talk about the importance of not losing one's humanness, their humility in their work. Recently, I was reminded of this. I had had an experience that I would describe as both breathtakingly beautiful and incredibly surreal. It involved connecting with another human being during their transition from this life to whatever is in the next. But that's not a story I want to share today. Instead, I want to look at the moments in my career that were the most powerful because they required me to set aside everything I thought I knew about social work to create something that was lasting. When we first start out, social workers have this tendency to keep the code of ethics in black and white, but as time passes, we realize the code isn't always that simple. Life and work would be so much easier if it was. Agencies in social social work education tend to frown upon black and white issues like buying things for clients, and we're perpetually afraid to touch our patients appropriately, mind you, but we build these weird invisible walls. This keeps us ethical, right? Well, it may reduce the fear of liability, but attempting to maintain such a rigid view of the code is exhausting, and in more cases than not, it doesn't work. When you start to understand that, that's also a professional milestone. Clients have made me coffee or given me food while I'm in their home. In a cultural context, it was totally appropriate, and from a clinical viewpoint, this is how you build rapport. It's therapeutically necessary at times. There have been times I've had clients wrap their arms around me, In that moment, I was holding them up because their grief of loss was so much stronger than gravity. There have been times I've stopped at gas stations to buy a client or their children food and water. Because Phoenix gets hot. And hungry children, that shouldn't be a thing that exists. And then there was that time I saturated tissues with hand sanitizer and with my gloved hands, attempted to scrape away caked blood and brain matter from underneath someone's fingernails. Because their silence and their tears were louder than words. But I know in that moment, that was the most human thing I could do for them. We aren't trained in our master's or bachelor's programs about these moments. The danger of silencing these Life in professionally altering times leaves young, those new, those green social workers, and this space of gray peril of constantly second-guessing themselves, and in some cases, even wondering if they 
are good at this if this is really meant for them. This past week, I walked away from my most recent human moment. It was mostly in awe of how grounding it was for me. This particular act was done out of wanting to provide a person with dignity, and also done out of kindness. Social workers are many things to many people. We are clinicians, we are leaders and advocates, we are politicians sometimes, we're case managers, we're child welfare workers, we're therapists. But most importantly, we are humans. I am human. Never forget that part of your identity professionally is that you are still a human being. So until next time, friends and travelers, as always, travel well and keep on traveling.